When I was first starting out as a teacher, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, our school sent the staff to a professional development seminar that included a motivational speaker who had previously taught Italian in public school. To support his statements about student engagement being the most important thing an educator can do for learning, our speaker, whose name I'm ashamed I cannot remember, proceeded to teach us Italian and the geography of the country of Spain in a very short amount of time. Through student engagement and fantastic methods of instruction, we began to know the Italian names of major geographic locations of Spain, and we actually could draw the country on a piece of paper fairly well. He did this in a way that doesn't necessarily require an animated or even a super outgoing teacher, although he was both of those things. So ask yourself this, how did this former teacher of Italian get a room full of new and veteran teachers of multiple disciplines interested and excited about what we were going to learn? The answer actually is simpler than some may think and doesn't involve gimmicks or tricks. All you need is a model. Welcome to the Instructor's Kit Bag, a podcast hosted by Army Logistics University at Fort Lee, Virginia. This podcast is developed to help all educators in every field. I am your host, Nate Ball, and thanks for listening in as we dive into the Army Learning Model. Now, what our motivational speaker presented is what we call experiential learning, or to put it rather simply, learning by experiencing. This idea of learning is quite old. Aristotle, the famous teacher of Alexander the Great, was himself a student of Plato, who in turn was a student of Socrates. And so Aristotle developed different ways to apply experiential learning in the classroom. But it wasn't until David Kolb in the 1970s developed a model to describe the theory behind experiential learning. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to provide a history lesson on the development of the experiential learning model. However, I think it should be noted that many academic institutions around the world have adopted this model, adapted it for their purposes, or even tweaked it. And guess what? The U.S. Army is no different, and in this episode, I'd like to go over the basics of the Army learning model, as adapted from the experiential learning model, and how it should be applied in the classroom. In David Kolb's experiential learning model, he stated that experiential learning is the process whereby knowledge is created through the transformation of experience. In this model, there are four stages of learning. Concrete experience, which is doing or having an experience. Reflective observation, or reviewing and reflecting on the experience. Abstract conceptualization, concluding or learning from the experience. And active experimentation, planning or trying out what you've learned. According to Army University, Experiential learning is an inductive, learner-centered, activity-oriented, personalized reflection about a learning experience. The emphasis in experiential learning is on the process of learning and not on the product. Experiential learning helps to develop inductive reasoning, analysis, personal reflection, ability to formulate plans, speaking and writing, and lifelong learning attitudes. So naturally, the U.S. Army took Kolb's initial model and developed the Army Learning Model, which is separated into five areas of learning. Before we get started, I wanted to let you all know that there are many methods of instruction to ensure successful engagement of students in each of these five areas. In the next few episodes, we will be analyzing each area by going more in-depth and providing examples on how to make each area work for you. The first area is the concrete experience. The concrete experience is student-centered and can be the most important part of the learning model. This is because this is the first time your students will be engaging with the forthcoming material. This can offer a fantastic opportunity to engage the learner's experience and knowledge 
while providing motivation for the content to come. Effectively, you are tapping into the effective domain of learning by getting them to value the lesson and content. The second area is publish and process. Publish and process, or PMP, is the next student-centered area of learning where we get learners' observations about what they experienced in the concrete experience and how these observations compared to their classmates' observations. What this can do is reveal a learner's preconceptions, biases, personal experiences, and perceived reality. Because of these critical thinking skills, as an educator, you can challenge a learner's assumptions or their preconceptions. After PMP, we move to the third area, generalized new information. Out of the five areas of learning, this phase should be the only instructor-centered area. As an instructor, the concrete experience in PMP should have given you a good gauge of where your classroom stands knowledge-wise and can help inform you on how to present the new information to them. This could have you change your method of instruction or focus more on specific parts of your lesson to ensure you are educating your students effectively. Our fourth area, once you've completed your delivery of new information, is develop. The develop area is student-centered and really gives a great way to engage the student's effective domain again and how they can relate their new knowledge to more practical applications. This is a wonderful way for the educator to get a student's input on how the new information may have forced them to reflect on their assumptions from the PMP area or how they could use what they just learned in their personal or professional life. Finally, we need to find out just what our students got out of the lesson. Thus, we have our fifth area, apply. This area is designed to confirm that learning has been achieved. While apply can be an assessment or a check on learning, it doesn't have to be. Apply could be a simple discussion to determine if everyone has understood the content and what it can mean. The apply area could literally be a follow-up on any unresolved questions, a call and response assessment, or guiding students through a scenario where they can use what they learn to answer questions. To give you an example of how using these five areas together would look like in a classroom, let's use the topic importance of ingredients in baking. And we're going to assume my target audience are culinary students beginning to learn the basics. Concrete experience. The instructor shows a picture of eight different looking chocolate chip cookies and has the students think about which one looks more enticing to them and which ones, if any, they predominantly grew up eating, if they ate them at all. Publish and process. The instructor then calls on students to reflect on what looks more enticing to them and to give a reason as to why that is, as well as what cookies they grew up with. Then the instructor asks why the cookies, which are all chocolate chip, they look different in style and texture. Generalize new information. The instructor now gives new information on different ingredients and their effects in the baking process. Now, you can determine the method of instruction you think best. I personally would have the different ingredients in small baggies for every student to include baking powder, baking soda, sugar, brown sugar, flour, and a mixture of baking powder, baking soda, so that they could actually see it and possibly even feel it within the bags. Develop. After all the new information has been given, the instructor can now ask how this information could affect the student's personal or professional life. The instructor could ask the students how important ingredients are, or even get the students to understand when and where they can substitute ingredients depending on the resources available. Apply. The instructor could have a colored handout of the eight cookies, break the students into groups of two or three, and see if they can figure out what ingredients were used to cause the cookie to look like that, to have that type of texture. Then the groups come together for a discussion of the correct answers. Then the instructor can emphasize any important pieces of information or can fill in any gaps of learning. While I just made this lesson up and it is a fake lesson as far as I know, 
The five areas of the Army learning model can be used for any lesson. And in the next few episodes, we're going to go more into depth on each of these areas so that we can get a better understanding of how we can utilize each area effectively in the classroom. To revisit what this motivational speaker did for us by teaching us Italian and learning the basic geographical locations of Spain, which is at the time of this recording exactly 15 years ago, not only did he use the experiential learning model, but he thought of multiple methods of instruction to aid him in doing this. To illustrate this, he told us at the time he had a blind student in his classroom, and he had to teach her, along with everyone else, the geography of Italy. Naturally, he decided on a different method of instruction to get her to learn the map of Italy. He brought in Play-Doh for all of his students. He had them create the map of Italy with their Play-Doh, which now has become a 3D model. When the young blind student started to cry, he asked her why she was crying. She said that this was the first time in her life she ever saw a map. And because of this, she aced her test and became more invested in learning Italian in his class. Thanks for listening to the Instructor's Kit Bag, a podcast for all educators. I'm Nate Ball, and I ask you this. Is your classroom an example of the Army learning model, which promotes experiential learning? <laughs>